This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, Let's Talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy, and I have a surprise for you today. My guest is Steve Allen, one of the most versatile talents in the entertainment world and one of the nicest people in the world at large. But the real surprise is that I was able to corner him long enough to get together for this chat. Hi, Steve, boy, and welcome. Thank you very much, Lucy. That's a very nice compliment to uh, one of the nicest people in the world at large. I think the most remarkable thing is that I'm still at large <laughs> after all I've done. But it's nice of you to say that. It's nice to be here. Well, you certainly were hard to, uh, to corner, that's for sure. Where were you last night? I went to uh, Omaha. What were uh, you doing there? I was making a speech to a wonderful organization, the uh, Junior Chamber of Commerce. They're interested uh, officially now as an organization in the subject of mental health. Uh -huh. And uh, as soon as I heard about that, I decided to go over there and do whatever I could to encourage them. And we had a wonderful time there. It's an interesting city. I understand you're flying out again uh, tomorrow. What, what did you do? Just get a large block of airline stock or something? <laughs> it sounds like it, but uh, I have some difficulty in saying no to people, so um, I find myself obligated to go here and there, as I know you do, too, from time to time, Lucy. Uh, I do the I've Got a Secret show now on uh, CBS television. That means I have to fly to New York every couple of weeks. So that's my mm -hmm. basic uh, planned trip. And I understand you're going to be doing another uh, big show. Uh, yes, the network and I are talking about uh, bringing back uh, the sort of program I did a few years ago uh, on Sunday nights, perhaps even with some of our old gang, Louie and I and Don Knotts. Really? Yeah, we're talking about it. It's that would be marvelous. It sure would. Could be fun. Would you do that in New York, that show? No, that would almost certainly be done out here because this is uh, our home now, has been for the last four or five years. Yes, we'd hate to lose you. Oh, no, well, you won't. Not for this reason, anyway, or any, any other reason I can think of at the moment. I love both cities, but... Uh, as the old saying goes, it's good for the kids out here. Yes, well, it's not just an old saying either. To me, it's so much more living goes on out here than just existing. Well, that's what I call living, you know, being in New York is just kind of existing. I can't seem to get my roots down in New York. I'm so high up in the air. I always felt kind of suspended in New York. I never felt that this was going to be it, and though I tried, you know. Uh -huh. Anyway, I love California, and I'm glad you live out here. Where is your beautiful wife, Jane, today? I just left her uh, putting an ice cube on her lip. What happened? She, she almost knocked herself out with a telephone. Uh, I was just um, oh, one getting of those... a long-distance long call from New York. My secretary called said they were going to call me. And uh, so I was talking to Jane, and the phone rang. I said, will you answer it, dear? And she did. And we have one of those rubber yes. twisted phone uh, <laughs> cords, which was all tangled up. And in trying to untangle it, she whacked herself right in the, in the lip. And uh... Steve, tell me how you became interested in so many things, the things that, you know, you're so versatile. Start back a little bit, will you, uh, for my listeners, about where you first became interested in your piano, in your various musical things, in your writing and all the things that you do. Just give me a little resume, will you? Uh, sure, Lucy. Actually, all of these things go very far back into my early childhood years. Did uh, your mother have a lot to do with it? Uh, yes. Uh, in a sense, she did. Sometimes people uh, assume that I just took up some of these activities after I got into television comedy, but that, that wasn't true. I was doing all these things as a youngster. My mother is, uh, some I know you know, and, and some of your listeners may know, was a vaudeville uh, comedian. She was in show business, and I was, therefore, one of those vaudeville kids born in a trunk, as the saying goes. I spent a lot of my early uh, 
uh, years. A lot of my early recollections are of being around theaters, uh, and some of the uh, the greats of our business, such as Milton Berle and Mae West and many others, uh, they were characters in my early childhood, literally in my infancy. So it wasn't too surprising, therefore, that I would end up in the same business myself. I began to play the piano when I was, I don't know, seven or eight years old. I didn't uh, do a very good job of my lessons, I'm sorry to say, because now I just play by ear. I never was very good at reading. So why should you worry about that? I yeah, mean, I that don't... doesn't really matter, does it? No, not, not... It's been no professional handicap, except in the sense that I cannot play the classics, because... Only blind musicians, so far as I know, can play the classics by ear. Mm -hmm. Interesting point. In any event, that's the only handicap, and, and uh, I've been able to, to play as much as I wanted and play almost anything. As regards doing comedy, I come from a family of comics. My mother was a professional comedian, and uh, all my aunts and uncles were funny people. Yes, but that doesn't always produce comics. Um, no, that's true. Of course, you're not a comic, uh, the way they use the word these days. You're a yeah. man who thinks funny. Mm -hmm. And oh, I envy you. Well, there are so many different ways, as you know, Lucy, being a funny woman yourself. There's a million different ways to be funny. Uh, there no I'd love to be able to think <laughs> funny, though. I think you do. Uh, it depends on what you mean, of course, by the word think funny. No, I uh, don't. I don't. Well, I think you do in a certain sense. Because I can act funny and well, react yeah. funny. Well, that's true. But I can't true. think funny, see, initially. Uh, I think what you're talking about is that you don't maybe think of the jokes or the large situations themselves, but when you are placed in a situation, you think of funny things to do in that situation. So in that sense, you do think funny. You know, the thing about you that I have always admired so much from the very beginning was your your manners. You you have such a wonderful uh, sense of good taste. You never go too far. Well, that's very kind of you. I've never seen you thrown by anything where you reverted to something that I wish you hadn't done. Mm -hmm. You're always a, a gentleman. Well, I do feel at ease. Uh, sometimes I feel more at ease on the stage or in front of a camera than I do in a living room. Uh, there's never any embarrassment at all if I'm being watched by 20 million people, but sometimes if I'm being watched by three, unless they're very old friends, in which case I'm a, as apt to be as silly with them as I am on, on a stage. Uh, in the normal social gathering, I don't know why, I've never reasoned this out, but it just doesn't seem right to do the same things that I do on the stage, to hit people with pies or make wisecracks <laughs> all night or whatever it might be. You know. Well, you're much more retiring <laughs> than that, I must say. You're not on at all, ever. I usually would uh, prefer to spend my time, and do, as a matter of fact, laughing at, at uh, whoever else is around. That's funny. I'm, I'm, uh... You're a great observer of people, aren't you? Yes. Really a deep observer. Well, and, people, and you retain it. People fascinate me. In fact, this whole planet fascinates me. Uh, I'm, I have been now for many years rather put out, really, at the way it, the universe has worked it out so that I'll only be on Earth, if I'm lucky, about 80 years or so. <laughs> I have plans for at least three or 4,000 years. I have a lot I want to do, a lot of people I want to talk to, and it, I can't get it all done in 80 or 100 years. I've never heard anyone say that before, Steve, and I honestly believe you mean it. I, oh, I do. I'm utterly sincere. I have this feeling when I walk into my library. I have hundreds of books, and I think, dang it, I won't be around long enough to even read them all, you know. And the unfortunate thing is that they're writing more all the oh, time. Oh, yes. That's very discouraging, I, I isn't it? <laughs> I, I no longer even have time to go back and read my own books. I'm so busy now. But How uh, many books do you have? Uh, I've just finished my ninth. Uh, it has not been published as yet. Uh, it will be next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you write very well, Steve. Well, thank you, Lucy. Uh, very interestingly. 
Uh, here again, I, I, uh, I find that I write all over the lot in, in the sense that uh, this la last book uh, deals with political matters, and uh, then another one was a novel, a couple others were short stories, and there was one book of poetry and so forth. Uh, and I guess this is uh, typical of my approach to life. I, I do, I admit, try to go off in all directions at once, but... Nothing wrong with I that. I don't see anything wrong with it. I, I'm enjoying it enormously. No, but you, now you worry me that you're not going to have a chance to get <laughs> it all done. And you know what? Our time is up already for today. That's Will you typical. please come back tomorrow? It's a deal. Good. Hi, this is Lucy. And again today, I have a wonderful guest, Mr. Steve Allen, one of the most versatile talents in the entertainment world and one of the nicest guys I've ever known. Hi again, Steve. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for coming back today. We have well, lots of other things to talk about. Actually, I didn't come back. I've been out in the garage all night. I, <laughs> I thought I might not be able to find my way back over to this part of town if I went home, so... I'm a... <laughs> didn't Jane worry about you? I called and told her. She said, it's all right. Why, leave the door open in case the motor's running. Oh, you're great. You're such a nice guy. I just want people to uh, know you the way I know you. And there are a lot of things about you, I guess, that none of us will ever know, but we'll make another attempt today. <laughs> we were talking yesterday about the books that you have written and the shows that you're doing in New York and the ones you're planning out here and all the many flights you're making back and forth across the country at the moment and your interest in mental health and your interest in politics. You're a very busy man. I understand you've also made some records recently. Uh, yes, um, I'm back with the Dot record people, Randy Wood and the fellows over at Dot, uh, once again. And uh, we've been uh, all recording our heads off the last uh, year or so, doing quite a few things. They've even turned me into a recording singer. You're kidding. Well, that's what some people think. <laughs> <laughs> what is the title of that album, the one where you just sing? Uh, yeah, we came up with a wonderfully clever title. It's called Steve Allen Sings. <laughs> How do you like that? For... Is it out? Oh, yes, very far. <laughs> it may have to go back in any minute, but it's it's out at the moment. And uh, it, I should emphasize that it's not a comedy album in this instance. Uh, it's just a, a, it's a rather unusual collection of songs. I wrote eight of them, and Jerome Kern wrote the other four. How it turned out that way, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it's for serious. You do a lot of things. You write songs, you play the piano... You know a great deal about politics. You have a great awareness of humanity. You love an awful lot of people. You do television, radio, stage plays. Is there anything that you would really like to do that you can't do? No, I can't think of anything, Lucy. All my uh, professional ambitions have already been realized, except in the sense that, like all performers, I want to go on doing more of what I am already doing. But there are no new fields, uh, simply because no new fields exist in the entertainment world that I haven't dabbled in or worked in full-time. You seem to be a high-class worrier. <laughs> and I say this because of the areas that you travel around the country trying to help. I, myself, join with you in many of those things. Mm -hmm. Naturally, I'd like to do more than... We'd all like to do more than we do, probably. And we are in a position to help by discussing things, bringing things to their attention and whatnot. But sometimes there are areas that I don't dare get into that you just 
stride into full strength? Well, uh, it is true, Lucy, that I am interested in a great many uh, social questions, and I think every American is to one degree or another. Even those people who say, oh, I don't care about mental health. Even in making that statement, they have taken some kind of a position on the subject. It's not a very uh, attractive position, but at least they've indicated that they know that there is a, a social problem. Uh, and I think really that the number of people who would say, I don't care about the mental health issue or I don't care about questions of war and peace and so forth, is very small. I think almost all of us are concerned. I think the reason perhaps that more performers don't become involved with these issues, although in recent years, as you know, more and more of us have been, is that in most cases, while they have opinions and sometimes uh, even strong emotions, they often don't feel that they're personally qualified to lecture the public on one relatively complicated issue or another. Uh, I have those feelings, too. I don't regard myself as an expert on anything much, except uh, a few of my professional areas. But uh, I simply take the time to do my homework. Uh, if I'm asked to make a speech or write an article on a subject, I uh, do what I suppose every writer does. I study the subject matter so that when I finally do open my mouth, at least I know what I'm talking about, quite aside from whether I'm right or wrong. Mm -hmm. At least you have a good stand. Mm -hmm. um, your library. I would certainly like to see that. It must be fabulous. Uh, if I do say so myself, it, it really is. It's divided into two parts. One is sort of a normal library. It's not unlike uh, many other people's libraries, I suppose, except that there's very little fiction in it. Um, a lot of... Uh, works on politics, uh, philosophy, religion, uh, the sciences, and so forth. But uh, the other part of the library is even more unusual. It's uh, a reference uh, library, which is now close to being priceless. I, I personally wouldn't sell it for any amount of money that I can think of, and I intend eventually to leave it to some university or a group of some kind. It started about... Uh, Oh, a dozen years ago, and I did a, uh, an anti-crime documentary show on the NBC station in New York City, a television station, and in preparing the script for the show, I had to do a great deal of studying about the uh, subject of big league crime. And so when I finished my studies, I had about eight loose-leaf notebooks all on this one subject, which I then proceeded to divide into the various... Uh, categories in which uh, top-level criminals have uh, important control, such as waterfront rackets, narcotics, gambling, uh, union rackets, that sort of thing. Uh, and from this nucleus, the library has spread out so that it now embraces, in a sense, the entire universe. Uh, I have one secretary who does nothing but work on this library. We now have about, I think, uh, 700 books, these black three-ring loose-leaf notebooks, and uh, there aren't too many important social uh, questions that you could think of that are not uh, touched on in this uh, collection. You must love that room. Oh, uh, yeah, I spend an awful lot of time there. Do your uh, boys um, get into the library at all and make real use of it? Yes, and, and that gives me a wonderful feeling of satisfaction to see them do that. Not only they, but some of their friends. They know that uh, if they're assigned to, say, write an article on capital punishment or communism or whatever it might be, they can save themselves a lot of library time by just coming over to our house mm -hmm. and uh, they say, what's the old man got on... Isn't that great? You know, uh, the John Birch Society or whatever it might be. That's very worthwhile. And uh, they go right to the book and uh, there's all the material for them. 
How does Jane... Uh, she uses it too. Well, I mean, measure up uh, at home as the ideal wife. That's exactly what she is. She's the most intelligent woman uh, I know. Uh, everybody knows that she's talented and glamorous and pretty, and so that you know that's all visible from the uh, the front of the store, so to speak. But as I say, she's uh, a wonderfully intelligent woman, and I'd say her other great virtue is her uh, maternal quality. She's one of the the real Earth mothers. She mothers. The children, me, strange dogs, trees, bushes, people, automobiles. <laughs> She's everybody's mother. Isn't that great? You can't ask for much more, can you? Great woman. <laughs> That's marvelous. What a great thing to say. And thank you so much for coming back today. Thank Steve, you. you are a delight. I love you. Thank you, dear. Give my love to Jane and the kids. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today we have a very wonderful guest, Mr. Steve Allen. Steve and I got to yocking it up so much the other day that we ran out of time before Gary had a chance to talk to Steve about one of his favorite subjects, jazz. All right, Gary boy, you're on. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Hi, Gary. Nice to have you back in California, Steve. Nice, nice to be here. Everywhere I'm, I go, they say it's nice to have me back. That's, that's what I get for traveling so much. Yeah, well, you know, all the things that you've done. I've always had a little... Uh, wonderful feeling towards you, Steve, not knowing you too well, and I've always wanted that's to get... That's why you've had a wonderful feeling well, for me. basically, <laughs> maybe. That's one reason, is your quick mind. I've watched you on your television shows from the old days of the, uh, when you did The Tonight Show, and on your uh, Westinghouse Broadcasting Company show, now you're doing I've Got a Secret, but your diversification, sometimes you get on a political kick, and the kick that I love that you get on is when you get into a jazz field because you're basically a musician, or you love music mm -hmm. so much. I used to be a musician. You play trumpet. Uh, badly. But I've, I, I've heard you play trumpet. Yeah, I do. I played at the time when uh, some of the jazz men that are out here and are big men in the music field, like Shorty Rogers and Shelly Mann. And mm -hmm. I went through the uh, era when I was working with the name bands doing theaters. Yeah. Of Stan Kenton and uh, Charlie Spivak. That was a great, great period. It sure was. The thing that I like is your love for jazz, Steve. Yes, I do love jazz. Uh, I was a jazz fan. In fact, one of the biggest kicks I've had uh, in my years in the business was doing the Benny Goodman picture. Not just, you know, because it was fun to do the picture, that's obvious enough, but because I got to spend weeks and weeks with, with people that I admired, like little kids admire baseball heroes, you know, mm -hmm. Lionel Hampton, Teddy Wilson, Gene Krupa. When I was a teenager, these were my heroes. If they'd had the jazz musician cards like they have baseball cards with bubble gum, I would have saved them too, you know? Hey, that's an idea. Yeah, I did uh, very similar. When I started to play trumpet, uh, Steve, I took lessons downtown with, uh, uh, from a trumpet teacher who was teaching uh, Shorty Rogers, and I used to see all these uh, great jazz musicians around, and then finally when you get to work with them and know them personally, you sit in awe. Yeah. The thing that I like is that on your shows, that your introduction to jazz, you don't hit it in, in the way that some people in the newspapers and magazines hit it and some of the TV shows hit it, where they downgrade jazz. To me, it's a, a talent. To me, it's a, the only American music that's been introduced all over the world and accepted yes, that's, as it has been. that's quite true. It's the only original uh, American musical art form. Uh, everything else that we Americans do so well came from someplace else before, but... Jazz is the one exception. Jazz is an American invention and um, is actually sort of good public relations for this country all over the world. We don't often realize that, but it is. Now, you have uh, produced or you put together a show that uh, 
I understand, is doing very well in European countries. It's called Jazz Scene USA. Yes, it's a uh, syndicated series of 26 programs. Uh, we use Oscar Brown Jr. as Master of Ceremonies. There's very little talk. It's uh, all the jazz music you can cram into a 30-minute program. Uh, it's only been seen on about 11 American stations, which uh, is a story that tells its own moral, I think. But it's been seen on, oh, I guess... 30 or 40 foreign stations around the world, in the Orient, and practically everywhere in the world that they have television, this program has been seen and has been wonderfully enthusiastically received because, as we were saying, American jazz is very important in other parts of the world. And a, a jazz musician, as you know, Gary, who uh, can walk down the street here and be ignored by the people passing him uh, will be mobbed and ask for his autograph and have his handkerchief stolen and all sorts of things if he walks down the street in Copenhagen or Berlin or... I was in Paris when Miles Davis was playing there, and I couldn't believe it. It was like Sinatra playing here. Or, exactly. Or the Beatles playing here. They said, Miles Davis, let's go see Miles Davis. Mm -hmm. Who happens to be... I have a, quite a jazz collection of records, and uh, I've introduced some of it to Lucy, and I had to do it slightly and slowly. It's a different hmm. type of approach to introduce <laughs> someone to jazz who has never listened to a beat that a Count Basie has or a mood that a Johnny Coltrane or someone uh -huh. has. It's. Uh, I sometimes think... To really appreciate it, you have to be exposed to it uh, between the age of about 12 and 20. You can start listening when you're 87 if you want to, but I don't think you can ever really feel it in your bones uh, the way you can if something gets to you emotionally in your formative years. Well, where it gets to what, what I call now head tapping or feet tapping music. Yeah. You know? Because the groove they have. Gary. Yes, Lucy. Uh, leave enough time now so we can hear Steve's album. Let Steve talk about his new album. Steve Allen sings, I've if you please. Oh, well, I've heard him sing. I'd rather talk to him. <laughs> Steve Allen talks. We're doing. No, I, <laughs> actually, this is a, uh, an album on the dot label, and I'm entirely serious about this. Um, there's some wonderful Jerome Kern songs here. For example, a song called Sure Thing, which... Oh, I'd be happy to sing for you right now. <laughs> I want to have enough time today to play the album. Okay, then. Or some of it, at least. All right, then let's, let's play the, the, the side that Steve likes so much. Uh, sure thing. All righty. Somehow I'm sure I've found a sure thing in you Something within tells me we'll win And somewhere my heart has picked you out of the blue Since I'm only a beginner, a winner I'll be. But win or lose, whatever comes up, your thumbs up with me. And one thing I'm sure, I'm sure of. All my life through If love can figure out a sure thing That sure thing 
is you The favorite doesn't always win No matter what the odds Since nobody knows how they'll come in I'll leave it to the gods So wish me luck Because I'm going to bet on A sentimental hunch My heart is suddenly set on One thing I'm sure, I'm sure All my life through If love can figure out A sure thing That sure thing Is you That was beautiful, Steve. Thank you very much, Gary. Steve, thanks again for today. I have a little uh, series of uh, questions that I would like to ask you that mm -hmm. I could perhaps use tomorrow. Would you answer a few quick questions for me? If I can. They're really too plebeian for Steve Allen, but uh, the answers won't be as plebeian as the questions, I'm sure. Will you do that for me? Sure. Okay. You. Bye for now. Okay. See you guys later. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.